Hello, hello, 6 a.m. Run community, 6 a.m. Run, my family almost. It's uh, it's been a wild journey. Um, you guys are now seeing a lot of our podcasts. We're up to about three a week that we're pushing out there. So I really want to thank all of you guys for making these podcasts very, in my opinion, very popular. Our emails were always our first line of communication with you guys, but I'm really loving that we now have this forum to really have very, very amazing guests, unique guests, guests that bring, I think, and, and what you guys will see, I, I kind of want to, as I say hello, and, and I'm, I really want to get right into the guest we have right now, but I feel like you guys are kind of going on a homie learning journey. I'm like learning about different things, meeting different people, and I love that you guys are kind of coming along with me. If you guys continue to have questions or have ideas for people or questions for previous guests, please, you guys all know my handles. And obviously you guys, are, as our audience, know how to get a hold of me. Let me know. With that, we're going to probably talk about a few things that no other running podcast out there might be talking about today. I purposely went after this guest because I knew they would bring a couple topics on here that maybe some faux pas type stuff. I'm going to let her start it off. I don't want to hold her up anymore. Susan Bratton, welcome to the show. Can you, I always say you're your own best hype man. Can you tell me and tell our audience why I came to you and brought you on the show today? Sure. I want to say woo, woo, all <laughs> aboard the Hami learning journey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Pretty much. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm Susan Bratton, and my title is Intimacy Expert to Millions. And um, I was really glad when you reached out to me, Hami, because I'm not sure if I reached out to you or you reached out to me, no, honestly. I, I reached out. Okay, good. I'm As an intimacy expert, what I do is, for the last 20 years, I have been a publisher of passionate lovemaking techniques and bedroom communication skills. And there's really three legs to the stool of having a great sex life. One is technique and being able to give and receive pleasure and experience pleasure with joy and abandon. And the second is being able to ask for what you want and talk about your relationship and your sexual intimacy. And the third leg of a very solid sexual stool is actually your health. And you and I are very aligned in our beliefs around the fact that Anytime you are an athlete, you're going to get better performance and have a better experience than a non-athlete will. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I just got back from the gym. <laughs> I was a few minutes late. <laughs> that is the hall pass. If you say I'm exactly working out, I'm, I'm wearing. You can see I'm wearing my yeah. workout clothes. Yeah, I um I work out every single day. I mean, I take a, I take a day off here sure. and there, but um, I get up and I move every day. And I had long haul COVID for the last two years. This week was my uh, two year anniversary of catching oh, wow. COVID. And I was down in bed for a year. And I lost half my hair. My skin flaked off. I couldn't work anymore. I couldn't think. I couldn't read. I couldn't even listen to a podcast. I was so sick for over a year. Wow. Uh, I sat out in the sunshine a lot. And I knew I was getting better when I could at least read 140 character tweets. Or I guess they're 230 characters now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> dating myself. So one of the things that I know very well is that athletes make better lovers. And they make better lovers for a number of reasons. The first is that sex is an athletic experience in its truest form. Mm -hmm. It's not just the friction of genitals. It's having enough energy to touch your body and your lover's body, their entire body, to give long, sensual massages, to be able to move up and down from the bed to the floor to the 
table to the whatever backseat of the SUV to be able to move your body and have flexibility and be limber to have a good vascular system, which exercise gives you so that you can pump the blood where it needs to go. It goes Mm -hmm. to your brain when you're thinking and your heart, your muscles, when you're working out and your tummy, when you're eating, and it needs to go to your genitals because in all honesty, most of sexual pleasure relies on hemodynamics, blood Mm -hmm. flow. And you can do, you can have sex if you're not in good shape, Mm -hmm. but it's a mere shadow of how good sex can be when you are in good shape. Most people who have a low libido, their issue is health problems. And that's, that can be psychological health Mm -hmm. and physical health problems because libido and your desire for sex, your horniness is the other side of the same coin as your general health. The most common reason why people stop having sex is that they, there's two reasons. 80% of it is they hit a roadblock with intimacy around a mental or physical health issue Mm -hmm. and they didn't know how to talk about it. So they just stopped having sex because they think sex is just intercourse Mm -hmm. and they can't do that or they're not well enough. And so they just stop being intimate and they turn into people who are platonic, but then they're irritated with each other. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the end of the relationship, Mm -hmm. except for those few people for whom sex is just not interesting. I mean, human sexuality is definitely a bell curve, Mm -hmm. Tommy. So, you know, there's going to be people who want it every day. There's going to be people who never want it. Most people want it frequently. Mm-hmm. And when it's done well, thoroughly enjoy it and want to have more. Yeah, I've, I've met, I mean, and, you know, I've met people, definitely won't call, I've met people who, I don't know, is the term ace, like they just, they're, you can just, you just know it's not a sexuality, like a preference. They're just not into it, you know? That's and right. then of course, being a guy, you know, you talk about locker room talk and then there's just guys that just, as you said, I don't, I don't know if the quote or the actual numbers, but it's funny. One of the things I, I've always said is for a guy, my wife and I have this conversation a lot. I think guys, when they first meet any woman of the opposite sex, I feel like the first thought for a lot of guys is, would I? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it is for a lot of women too, though. Okay. Yeah. Men definitely have a competitive advantage mm-hmm. sexually in three different areas. And this is the thing that kind of messes up the masculine feminine dynamic because people don't generally understand that this is what's at play mm-hmm. and they take they take it personally as rejection mm-hmm. and for the masculine you know rejection is very serious because men run on a pecking order mm-hmm. my friend dr terry real he talks about fierce intimacy and he talks about how sometimes you just have to tell that you have to tell the truth to your partner whether it's uncomfortable or not and for men when they get feedback they take it they just it turns immediately into criticism in their head and then they feel like they just got pushed down in the pecking order and if that's done by their woman they feel like she's amogging him she's the alpha man of the group and so mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why men think they're better in bed than they are you know where they think they're a 9 they're probably a 6 mm-hmm. or worse because they're testosterone dominant. So they naturally think they're better than they are. They have like rose colored goggles. And when women give them feedback, they take it personally and they take it as rejection and they take it as they got put down. And what men really want to do is they want to do a really great job. They want to give her incredible pleasure. But if the woman can't just openly and honestly ask for whatever she needs in the moment, 
then he never gets the information he needs to do a really good job. And it hobbles their sexual relationship. So I have a sex technique I call the sexual soulmate pact, P-A-C-T, like an agreement Mm -hmm. that I give away because... When you talk about those three legs of the stool, which are techniques, communication skills, and health, communication skills is honestly the one on the bottom of the platform. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that's holding everything up. Because if you have a health issue and you can't talk about it, or, you, or you're, you're not getting the kind of stimulation that you need in that moment, and you can't say, then all bets are off. So mm-hmm. I feel like the sexual soulmate pact, if I give away the best thing I've ever created, and people try it and it's so easy, it's just this like simple ninja's technique that kind of short circuits the issue that men have around getting feedback and the fear that women have about giving it. As soon as a couple starts really loving to give each other feedback, their sex gets so good together. Mm -hmm. And many men will say, oh no, I'm absolutely sure that my woman is telling me what she needs to tell me. And I'm like, she's telling you one to 2% of what she would like to say because she's so walking on eggshells around your ego in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And the more that men use this technique, they see the power of getting the information and they would never go back to the old way. It's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, if you think about it, right? Like, I mean, you have to kind of say, we were going to talk about athletes and we actually started. I mean, if you think about it, I look at, I know this sounds crazy to bring my my child into this, but but hear me out where I'm going with this. My daughter is getting very better and better at basketball school colleges are starting to look at her and I, she's a lot like me and and here where I'm going with this. Whenever I tell her like she's had a bad game or whenever I tell her like you could have done better, she's pissed at me for saying that. Yeah. Right. There's a little bit of no difference in the fact that if my wife were to tell me yeah, you didn't do that that well, I'm probably going to be at first like hurt. Right. But I think you would hope that the person getting the criticism will then say, instead of being like, oh, well, F you or blah, 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 or get mad, the person getting the criticism will say, okay, well, how can I get better, right? When you tell someone that they're not performing in an athletic capacity the way they should, what you want them to tell you in return is, all right, well, what do I need to improve? And this is no different is what I'm hearing from you. Actually, it's very different. And I'm glad you used an example because that will clear up a lot. When you tell your daughter that she's not doing a good job, that is criticism. Right. I'm not recommending that people do that in the bedroom at all. Okay. What I'm recommending is that you do course corrections. So, for example, can you do that lighter? Can you do that faster? Can you move off that area? It's overstimulated. Can you try making your tongue softer? Can we try this sex position I wanted to do? Will you rub my feet before you touch my boobs because my feet are killing me? These are all pieces of information that have nothing to do with anyone's performance. Performance. They just have to do with what my body needs right now is this. Gotcha. Women often say to me, I want to want him, but I don't. I don't give him corrections because I don't know what I'd rather have. I just know what he's doing isn't what I like, but I'm not sure what to say. And what I always say, and and this can be either sex, and I'll say something about this as well. There are two sexes, but there are myriad genders. So mm-hmm. I support gender spectrum, but we are biologically either XX or XY chromosome. Mm-hmm. And it definitely does color our experience of the opposite sex and our understanding of them. Cause we do have a lot of differences, even though we have so many similarities. And when I say to someone who is afraid to give feedback, just listen to your body. Your body is an animal. I mean, if you think about it, mm-hmm. we are part of the animal kingdom. 
human beings, Homo sapien is a part of the great ape on the tree of life. We're on that branch with orangutans and chimpanzees and bonobos, etc. Um, we come from that lineage. And so we live in an animal body. And you, with an athletic community, know very well that if we ate sugar or we had caffeine or we didn't get sleep or we're on our period or we're in our estrus cycle or we're whatever, that's going to affect our body's responses. They change every day, every minute, all the time. And when you're tuned into your body, you know what it wants in that moment. And so that's my advice for people is you have intuitive felt senses of your own body. They start with things like proprioception and temperature, but they go all the way down to, you know how full or empty your stomach is. You know Mm -hmm. how full or empty your bladder is. You know whether you want a strong touch or a soft touch. You know what feels good and what doesn't. And so the more you just communicate the simple facts of what your body's telling you, the less it becomes a blame game and the more it becomes we're on team sweetie together. We're on the same team together, giving your animal what she needs in this moment because... She's constantly on this 28-day run-with-the-moon cycle, and that makes a big difference for her where the masculine is much more steady state, you know? Mm -hmm. If he's healthy, he wakes up horny with a heart on every morning. That's health. Mm -hmm. That's what that's called. He's got to be ready to go when she's ready to go. That's why men also masturbate way more than the typical woman does because he's got to keep his sperm topped off. So when she's ready to go, he's ready to go. And he gets an erection super fast. We have the same amount of erectile tissue as women in our vulva as our male-bodied partners do in their penis. But he's got the benefit of hemodynamics. So his penis gets fast really quickly where she's got all these nooks and crannies the blood has to flow into. So her arousal takes 20, 30 minutes of time. So he's already turned on and ready to have intercourse before she's even thinking about having sex at all. Mm -hmm. So most often men's biggest mistake is that they make her a big offer for sex instead of starting with a smaller offer of connection and pleasure. So there's one last thing too is that Where men are horny every day because you get a bath of testosterone in the morning, women go through horny windows during our moon cycles. And even after menopause, we still do that. We go through these cycles about nine days after the start of a woman's period. She's going into. Mm -hmm. So if her period's gone in about five to seven days, she starts to move into her horny window. And that lasts for about five days. And then it tails off and she starts the cycle again. So men are ready to go. They're horny every day. They masturbate all the time. They're quick to get an erection. Women are like not as oriented toward masturbation. They have windows of time. It takes them longer to get aroused and they don't have the benefit of daily doses of high levels of testosterone making them horny. So I say to guys, if you want to get more sex, turn around, slow down and come back and get us and take us into our turn on. Foreplay is really one of the most underappreciated and under-discussed aspects of our sexuality. Yeah. And, well, and, and that goes back to what you kind of just said. It's it's funny. There was, a, there was a Jay Shetty podcast my wife and I listened to months back, maybe even last year. You just said that. I think what couples, even if we just kind of get away, I, I know we're talking a lot about sex right now, but if you get... Couples need to understand they're on the same team. Like it's not A side, B side, right? Yeah, it's team sweetie. We're, our goal is to get to, pun intended, finish line, right? 
So to get to that finish line, what do both people need to do? You know, a team, right? A team's got to, team, players have to carry their weight for the team to win, right? Yeah. And I think that you kind of just said that, okay, so I've got to do X, Y, and Z, so we win. You've got to do X, Y, and Z, so we win. And I, obviously that all goes back to communication. What yeah. do you need? What do you want? And we may go past 30 minutes for sure. I have a few, like a lot of other questions. Let me ask you this before we kind of, if we move on, was there anything else that you wanted to touch on, on that, on just the athleticism and the health aspect? Well, at the end of the show, I want to give you a really, really fun sex position that really only athletes can do. It's, it's okay. kind of an Olympic level sex position. Okay. And so 6 a.m. run club is my perfect, you know, <laughs> fun group for this. But I did want to give you the URL for the sexual soulmate pact because mm. I think that's something where if you don't feel like you've got free flowing, super free, even if you do feel like you've got super free flowing communication, you can do better. Well, you always do better, yeah. And athletes are performance oriented. So let's get your most important bedroom skill at a high performance level. And that's at sexual soulmate pact, P-A-C-T.com. And that's mm. free. I give it away. What do you say though? Because I think that, you know, I think as we get older, right? And again, going looking at the kids of today, you know, there's a, I went to go see the new Batman movie this weekend. Oh yeah, and, how was it? It was really good, actually. I liked it. Three, it was a lot long, but it was really good. What was crazy though is there's a new, the trailer for the new Elvis movie was in it, right? <laughs> and what's crazy is him just swinging his hips yeah. had him like banned on channels. What yeah. do you make of, as we kind of get, I'm 42. I never ask any of them, I guess, or any, any women their age, but here's where I'm at. I'm 42. I'm 60, and I was flipping tires two days oh my ago. God. So you guys, yeah, we don't have video <laughs> on our podcast yet, but you guys should see Susan does not look 60 at all. Um, I definitely am going to put your picture in the bio and everything, but where I'm getting at is it seems like, and I'll just say it keeps it, sex is more mainstream. I mean, I was watching, you know, people get an insight in me. You just watch like a Hulu show now and yeah. Netflix, it seems, has like skin and max softcore kind of porn on it, right? Like as time goes on, you know, again, and I'm going back to that Elvis trailer that I just saw on Sunday night, we've come a long way. Do you think that helps communication or do you think it's still such a major faux pas in the world we live in? It's definitely helping communication. It's raising the bar. I mean, it's just like until somebody broke the mile run or whatever it was. Mm -hmm no one could do it and didn't think they could do it. And then everyone beat the number. We're always raising the bar on a sexuality. Just recently, I wrote a whole series. Um, I have an email newsletter, a sex tips newsletter with close to half a million people who read it. Wow. And uh, I did a series, a 20-week series called Come With Me, The 20 Kinds of Male and Female Orgasm. And most people think that women can come a couple of different ways, but most people assume incorrectly that men have one kind of orgasmic response, that a, a climax with an ejaculation. And that's just one of 20 kinds of orgasms that men can have. Okay. So men are really actually still way in the dark about their own body and their own functions, and women are still way in the dark about theirs. But more information is available and more people are open to learning about things and wanting to have new experiences. So I think all of the sexualization of our culture is a double-edged sword. It's good because it gets people aware that there's more possibility for them. And we can be, if we're healthy and in good shape, we can be sexually active until the day we die. 
There's no expiration date on our sexuality. We can have Mm -hmm. ageless sexuality. I'm a sexual biohacker, so I'm actually turning back the clock. One of the things I'm doing right now is a five-day fasting mimicking diet. I'm on day one of a fast that I will do for five days so I can go into deep autophagy and let go of all that cellular debris because 16-8s and intermittent fasting just can't get you there. So we're living longer and we're having better sex as we age. Mm -hmm. And there's so many things that can be done like Gaines Wave and the Phoenix Black and the PRPP shot, the O shot for women, the V Fit Gold for women. There's all these devices, red light therapy, PRP, acoustic wave devices, all kinds of stuff that can keep our genitals in good working order. Mm -hmm. We're starting to understand how vital, not just hormones are, but nitric oxide production. We're starting to understand how important it is to eat our leafy greens or take a nitric oxide booster Mm -hmm. just because we need the blood flow. We have to keep a good vascular system. So though I think most of the sex that's on Netflix and Hulu is really just shit, it's terrible. (laughs) It's sophomoric. People don't even know what they're talking about. They're writing scripts around sexuality where I call it squeeze a boob and stick it in. That's the sex you see on TV. It's like they they don't have a bra off because they can't show breasts. So there's no breast pleasuring. I mean, nipples and lips are, there's this thing called the clitoral erection. Mm -hmm. You have to have a clitoral erection to achieve a decent orgasm. Mm -hmm. It would be like having intercourse if you were flaccid. That's what it's like for women when we don't get fully engorged, when we don't get our erectile tissue full of blood. That's why nitric oxide boosters are so important. I run a supplement company because I make my own organic nitric oxide boosters because it's so important. And when a woman doesn't get fully engorged, she doesn't have the surface area to generate enough pleasure signals to her brain to have really good intense orgasms. Well, Your breasts and nipples and your mouth and lips and tongue and throat and neck all have erectile tissue that's connected to the same network of erectile tissue response as is a woman's vulva, Mm -hmm. all of her female genitalia. So if she's making out, French kissing, her breasts are being pleasured, her nipples are being pleasured, she can orgasm just from that. But what it does is it triggers the filling of her internal erection with the blood that is what she needs to get aroused. Mm -hmm. And so on TV, when they show, he just pulls down his pants and pulls down her pants and sticks it in and she's still wearing her bra and they have barely kissed. My husband's like, oh God, she's going to get pissed. I should change the channel because I'm like, this is bullshit. I can't believe they still show this stuff. So there's a lot of bad examples, but at least it opens up the conversation and makes Mm -hmm. people more aware. So like everything in the freaking universe, it's always two sides, double-edged sword, right? (laughs) Well, well, no. And I love that you mentioned that. What about going back to that a little bit? What about, and what about partnerships? Because what I also know and having, and with my, my wife now, You talk about, you know, everything else outside of the actual act. Because I know, for example, my wife is a hold hands person. My wife is a hold me person. What about those other needs too? Because I feel like, like how you just talked about, everyone's got different needs, right? Some people, some I've, I've, I've dated, um, long, long time ago, honey, if she's listening to this one, you've, you've, I've dated people that are just not as touchy feely. Right. Yeah. And then, so what do you say? Like, and again, I mean, I know that goes back to communication, but 
it just also shows everyone's just got such a different spectrum of, you know, the touching, but the centralization of it all, right? Like that, that's true too. I, I, where I'm also going with this is too, is that also maybe how we were raised? Like if someone is not a hugger, does that go back to them maybe not being hugged as a child? Is that a question I should ask? Like, I, I just don't know. Like, uh, what are your thoughts there? I have this little Shetland sheepdog. They call them Shelties. They're mm-hmm. beautiful little foxy lion dogs. Uh-huh. And he hated to be touched. And he, you wanted to touch him. Yeah. He was so beautiful. He had this long, luxurious fur and that blew in the wind. He was a magnificent creature. And the only way I could get to pet his little pointed head was if I gave him a treat and mm-hmm. he would come over and let me pet him when I got him. Five years later, he loved to be petted. He would come to me for the luxuriousness of being stroked. So it's what you said, honey. It's the, it's the, the getting used to being touched because when we touch and are touched, it's called, therapists call it co-regulation. Mm-hmm. It's where I'm calming your nervous system down and I'm calming my nervous system down by petting you and you petting me. We need to be pet. So yes, there are people who were raised and not touched enough. Most people have been raised and not touched enough. Um, One of the other techniques I give away is called the soulmate embrace. Your wife would love this. It's essentially how to hold a woman in a way that she's wanted to be held her whole life, but literally didn't even know how to ask for it. Okay. It generates very good masculine-feminine polarity, so it makes her really desire you as a man. It makes her get into her feminine and out of her warrior mode. It gets her relaxed and turned on, but it's literally just a way of holding her. So it's one of the techniques that I give away at soulmateembrace.com because most people are rushing to sex and forgetting things like holding and being held as such Mm -hmm. a beautiful part of our sexuality. Everybody loves passionate lovemaking. Everybody wants heart-connected lovemaking. There's very few people who would choose pornographic, performative, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of like friction of genitals, getting off type of sex versus deeply loving, highly sensual, multi-orgasmic, heart-connected lovemaking. Mm -hmm. Everybody's like, yeah, I'll take the lovemaking. It's just, we only see the examples of the pornographic friction. What I try to do is, that's basically what I've been doing for 20 years, is writing sex techniques for people so that I can show you the map to the territory so you can have the experience of that that you want. What is your, what is, uh, with that being said, what is your opinion on like DMT, Molly? I know a lot of people use stimulants. Obviously, I know the other stimulants and tools that you just said are available, which I know a lot of people can get very easily. But what is your thought? And as things like, you know, even just weed becomes more regular and and, uh, allowed, what is your thought on people like who are like, oh my God, I've had the best experience on a DMT or Molly? What is your thought about that? 
Well, I think uh, DMT and Molly are very, very different um, ingredients, if you will. Um, Molly is also called ecstasy, and ecstasy is something that definitely makes you lose your inhibitions and feel very loving toward another person. So couples who have a hard time accessing that, I think that ecstasy can be, um, you know, a good, a light dose um, if it's taken, uh, dripped in and not just taken all at once, cause that mm-hmm. can be really overwhelming and people roll too hard and then they have a bad trip and it's not that good, but, uh, you know, a nice light dose dripped in over time can be very cathartic for many couples who've lost their way or feel inhibited or have trouble letting go. Um, even, even we, and, and real quick, even like, yeah. even like even alcohol, like I think alcohol doesn't, yeah. sometimes alcohol brings people's walls down a little bit. Well, you know it's it's an anti-inhibitory, right. but it's also a depressant. Right. So it's, you know, a delicate balance. Um, that's where I think cannabis for many people, but not everyone, because for some people it just doesn't suit them. Mm-hmm. But cannabis can be very good because especially if you, you know, you take an indica strain versus a sativa strain, an indica strain can get you in your body. If you have trouble settling and dropping into your body and feeling sensation, indica cannabis can be very good. Mm-hmm. Now, if you take an edible, it takes an hour or two to kick in. So the timing mm-hmm. can be difficult. Smoking is not that great. So vaping it is probably your best option. But something like DMT or 5-MAO-DMT or toad or any of those peyote, ayahuasca, you know, any of those kinds of plant medicines or, well, toad is obviously from cane toad, the bufo. But any of those, those plant medicines are, I think, are better suited for personal journeying. And for learning about yourself and connecting to yourself and connecting to source than they are for having sex on. Okay. Awesome. No, I just, I I mean, I know a lot of people, like I said, and and, and again, I'm not gonna lie, like I'm in that Nancy Reagan don't do drugs kind of era, but yeah. you see the, the I don't want to say the normalization, but as I get older, you just see more and more people are like talking freely about their experiences on that. And and I yeah. just wanted your thoughts on that. Well, and that's why I answered it. There's a difference between plant medicines that are for personal journeys and recreational Absolutely. drugs that are more for oriented toward pleasure. So yeah. a, a mushroom can bridge that. It can mm-hmm. be a journey and it can be used recreationally. Mm -hmm. LSD can also, but it wouldn't be something I'd recommend for people. You know, it really depends on what entheogen, and that's what they're called entheogens, E-N-T-H-E-O-G-E-N-S. That's the mind-altering substances. They're called Mm -hmm. entheogens, things that give you a trip. You have to know what you're doing and it's very dangerous. You have to have a very stable relationship to do those things. You shouldn't just be, you know, taking a bunch of molly and having random sex. But I don't think a lot of people are unless they're 17 and then they probably still are (laughs) one of the things you're it's funny too you're the perfect person to speak to about this as as my wife and i just just wrapped up this netflix show we just were watching love is blind i I don't know if you've seen that show or not i haven't no and it's the one where they're basically talking to each other in a closet for like i think like uh, six days or something and then they actually oh oh, yeah yeah yeah. i saw an episode or an episode of that i know what you mean yeah they can't you can't see them you can only hear them and talk to them so it's voice and knowledge and connection yeah it's a true connection Clever premise yeah so my wife and i were talking about that and my wife and and you talk about communication i'm not saying this in any braggadocious way my wife and i we do communicate very well i think and it was funny she was telling me that she believes that women because all the women on the show regardless of what the guy looked like it was more about the connection whereas you could tell the guys when they look at the girl they were kind of like you know what i mean they kind of had that moment of is she or is she she hot right what is your thought there I, you're the person yeah, would i do her? <laughs> 
I, yeah, would I? Would I? So, but is is my wife? I think, and I know she is, because I'm not going to lie. I've had a lot of friends. I'll say that when I see who they're with, I'm like, whoa, like you know what I mean? How'd that work out, right? Like, so are women more emotional connection versus physical? For sure, in your experience, or what is your thought there? It runs on a spectrum. Generally, I would say that the masculine has more interest in the visual Mm -hmm. components of their partner and the feminine has more interest in the emotional connection to the person, which is good because women are generally much better looking than guys. (laughs) This is is factual. This is factual. I was really being, no. I was really being silly. I think all people are beautiful. <laughs> no, and, and, I, and I have a buddy, and, and I don't want to say his name because he's very married, very happily now. But in, when we were younger, and I'll say this, like my friend, he is such a warm, funny guy. And we used to always say he could make, even us, us guys, we're his boys. He would make everyone around him laugh. And I think one of his keys to you know, really being popular with women was always like they wanted to be around him because you knew you're going to have a good time and you're going to laugh your ass off around him for an hour. And I think that even friendship wise, right, when you deal with daily stress, like we all wanted to be around him because we knew we're going to have fun with him, right? So I I can totally see that point where a woman's like, I want to be with someone who's literally going to make me smile my ass off. 24-7. I'm kind of draw, drawing close to, I, I think you're also right on, on the health factor. We were talking about that earlier. I think it's for sure. I think health is very important. I think that when you're healthier, when you feel better, and I think that diet plays a big part in that. You know, I know, for example, like the worst Valentine's Day, the worst thing you can do, in my opinion, is go eat some big meal that you're just stuffed and you just you know what I mean? As I get older, especially, and it it's harder to digest, right? Like you really have to be careful what you eat because again, that can totally sway and affect certain situations. And I think, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head with all that. My last question is this. I do know this as I get older, I do feel like mentally there can be blocks. And, and I'll explain that. If I had a bad day at work, Now, I again, going back to me and our audience knows me, I do run every morning. If I had a bad day at work, I just can't get that out of my mind. Therefore, for the next, let's say, 18 hours till I go run and kind of run that off, so to say, it's just there. I don't want to really talk to anyone. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I'm not in a place, I think, to even, you know, give anyone the right amount of attention. Do you recommend and this is a long-winded way of what I'm getting to, do you recommend, you know, using, you know, sex as maybe a healer? You always also hear the proverbial, um, when someone's like very in a bad mood, right? You always hear someone say, man, they're not getting any, right? Like, do you think sex should be used as a healing to stress? Or is that the wrong outlook or thing to use for like just stress? What what are your thoughts on that? I think that men are severely disadvantaged in our culture with regard to emotional processing because mm-hmm. we tell our little boys to suck it up shake and it don't off. cry and shake it off and be a man and all these kinds of things rather than being able to talk through their upset. And many men suffer from a limited emotional range where the only emotions some sometimes you see from them are anger and victimhood and things like that. 
So I hope that people are moving toward being more emotionally mature and fully developed in our society as we go forward and leaving space for people to allow upset and to allow conversation about it. Having sex to get over anger is just masking the situation and and is unfair to their partner. Holding it in, bottling it, stuffing it, running it off. Those aren't really the best ways to deal with anger and frustration. You want to bring your best self to your lovemaking game. Mm -hmm. And there's an exception to that. And that's when a couple is going through difficulties where they're having a hard time maybe in their relationship or maybe one person had an affair or and the other person is feeling left out or one person became a workaholic and kind of emotionally abandoned the other person and they're trying to make a go of it, but they're having the kind of sex where they're going to have it to try to come back together, but they feel emotionally apart. Right. But they're using intimacy to try to find their way back to each other. Mm -hmm. In that case, it can be cathartic and needed. Like you're not going to get there if you don't do it. Mm -hmm. And even if it's not the kind of rapturous sex you want to be having with your partner because there's upset that has to be processed, but it takes time Mm -hmm. to process it, you can equally have orgasms with your partner and be sad that they cheated on you. Right. You know, you can hold a range of emotions. So. I hope I answered your question. No, no, absolutely. That did. That's really, I mean, I probably am going to like hang up this podcast and, and have like a couple more, but, and and for that, unless there was anything that I missed that you wanted to share, you know, I will say to that last point of yours, the only other thing I will say is I just, I know that for me, and again, this is, you actually are the perfect person to speak with. I'll say this on this podcast, and this is very TMI, but I'll share, and I I want people to have insight with me. For me running uh, the other day, and I said this on a few episodes ago, so I'm maybe repeating myself to people who listen to all of our episodes. The other day I was getting up out of bed to go running and I told my wife, you know, hey, you know, weather's getting nice. Do you want to go walk or run or anything? I'll join you. And she was like, oh, you you love running. I don't. And I said to her, I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, I don't go out there, run with a smile on my face. I don't. I'm not happy. I, every day I think of ways to not run. Like, you know, Chris, to your point, Christmas Day, that's my cheat day of, I'm not running today. We're getting up with the kids. We're going to open gifts. And my gift to myself is I'm not running today, right? Mm-hmm. But what I told her is, and, and I can share, I can even go in a little more deeper with you and say this, the euphoric feeling when I'm done, right? And I can describe that to other euphoric feelings that we're talking about on this podcast. Yeah, It's that feeling that I want in an hour from now that I know I'm about to experience, right? Yeah, the endorphins. The mm-hmm. endorphins. And that's mm-hmm. why I told my wife, that's what I like. The entire hour that I'm doing my six mile run, I'm just constantly, man, Hami, you are, in a way, you are about to you know what I mean? Get that feeling. And there's only there, obviously the other thing you can compare that to is, is sexually, right? So that's for me running the hour of, like I said, a meditation compartmentalizing. I did have a bad day yesterday. This is my hour of just kind of like being able to, you, whether you want to say sweat it out, clear my mind, however, yeah. that's that. And that's that euphoric feeling. So, and it's crazy to, sh- to I'm sharing that with you because like I said, it doesn't require a partner. 
You know what I mean? And it's just such a happy, euphoric feeling. And I think that our runners, you know, these are two avenues, but the feelings are very much similar. It's getting to a euphoric place at the end of the road. You know what I mean? And and mm-hmm. I think you would agree. And that's why we talk about fitness. I think I, it wasn't so much a question. I think I was just sharing that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. The euphoria of lovemaking is one of those things that there's not much that feels better. Right. Definitely the runner's high is one of them. Right. That is just as good. Um, maybe not quite as good because <laughs> I've had both. <laughs> one last thing I did want to do was give your listeners the sex position to end all sex yeah. positions for athletes. Only athletes can do this. I mean, maybe some yoginis can do it too, which I would consider to be athletes, but um, it's called come full circle. And it is a tantric lovemaking sex position where you essentially, you're having intercourse and you do a double 360 degree spin around each other without disengaging. Okay. So it requires, you know, this leg comes up and goes around and now you're twisting this way and I'm twisting that way. And one of the things that really makes sex fun, people get bored with their sexuality Mm -hmm. and then they don't want to do it as much. And if you are in the kind of, if you're having the kind of sex life where either you or your partner are just not as excited about sex as you used to be, this kind of a thing is the perfect thing because you begin as beginners together, you figure it out. Yeah, It's not easy, but it's not hard. It's just a thing you, it's like working a puzzle, but you're doing it with your bodies. You're both embodied people and you make some mistakes and you laugh about it and you have a great time and it's super sexy and it's a lot of fun. And when you're done, you're like, woohoo, we rock, we're bad. You know, it just makes you feel so good. And it's at comefullcircle.com, C-U-M-F-U-L-L-C-I-R-C-L-E.com. And it's an illustrated, it's kind of like a graphic novel, but they're dressed, they're clothed. There's no nudity in it, but it's like a graphic novel in that it's an illustrated step-by-step way to do this. So you can print it out on your home printer. You can look at it and you can figure it out together. And it's just one of those really silly things you do that you do. You might be only ever do it one time, but you get bragging rights. Yeah, no, I love, and it's funny, and I really wish we did a video with ours and you could see Susan's face. Like, I think when you kind of, you need to have partnerships, I feel like where you can both laugh and smile and enjoy a lot of times. And I think we've all maybe been in that relationship where it's so serious and it's like, you know what I mean? And that's not, I don't know, maybe for me, that's not fun, right? Like you want someone that's just bubbly and fun and can laugh, right? And, you know, you talk about like, you see partners maybe like in a good way, not any kind of like, you know, can play wrestle or can do different positions. And as you were saying that, and you were smiling and like, you know, definitely I'm, I'm so with that and I agree. And, and it keeps it, you know, you see couples as they get older and they can joke with each other and they can laugh and that's just keeping it fresh. And I, I kind of, got that a little bit of reinvigorated vibe from you. So I personally, I appreciate you being on the show that that's kind of maybe kind of what I kind of needed personally to kind of, sometimes I think you need that little bit of reset. Last thing, if you could share with us as we kind of really are wrapping up uh, this this episode, we got that site that you just mentioned. You had two sites. Um, I know your personal site, if you want to share that social handles. And then I know we were talking, I didn't take notes. And then the one site you had, I know you were mentioning about the kind of the, the sheet, the checklist sheet. 
Yeah. So let's see. Um, if you want to write them down for the show notes now, yep. that would be great. We talked about uh, the sexual soulmate pact, got it, which is one. the a- agreement the that ignites passionate lovemaking. We've got the soulmate embrace, which is the hug that all women have been craving their whole life mm-hmm. that men lo- would love to give if they just had thought to do it. Then we have come full circle, C-U-M, come yep. full circle. That's the crazy double helicopter, 360 degree sex position. That's ridiculously fun. And, you know, the laughter comes from the screw-ups. I mean, you're always going to look back and be like, remember that time we broke the bed? (laughs) You know, those are always the best ones. And then to find me and all my articles, like a a really fun technique I just wrote was called Bouncing Tiger Squatting Lion. (laughs) That's a super hot sex position. That's girl on top action. And this 60-year-old lady gets right up there and bounces. (laughs) So that's at personallifemedia.com. You can search for anything on my website. And then you can follow me on Instagram by my name at Susan, S-U-S-A-N, Bratton, B-R-A-T-T-O-N. Awesome. No, Susan, thank you so that'll keep much. You, that'll keep you busy. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's great. And, and like I said, we, look, I think, and I'll just say it, like I said, I think this this episode is definitely really like out there from other episodes that we've had. But again, mm-hmm. we're all human, right? This is yep. something we all want to, I don't want to say be good at, but this is something we all want to enjoy and improve upon. I I think anyone, anyone that tells you that they don't, then obviously maybe they don't care enough about like their part or something happened. Yeah. No, no, you're you're right. There's lots of reasons. Yeah. to, To know, okay, look, this information's out there. And, and, and the last part, I think what I'm learning from this, we talked about being healthy has better you know, you can be healthy and have better, you know, intimacy, right? But I also think what you're helping people do, I think having better intimacy, I think can create you being a happier person. That's just For my sure. belief, right? Oh yeah. So so I think it's it's twofold, right? So on both ends of the spectrum, one, be healthy so you can have great intimacy. But on the second end, great intimacy can just lead to you not being depressed, not being upset, being able to just, you know, have some kind of getaway in that regard. Like, Hey, me and my significant other for this 45 minutes, 30 minutes, hour, whatever, we're just going to escape reality for a second. And both of us enjoy ourselves. So I'm everything you said is amazing. We're going to put everything to contact you in the bio. Thank you. And then, yeah, no, I, Susan, I really appreciate this time. Thank you, Hami. I really appreciate you bringing sexuality into your community, your tribe of people. So thank you for that. That's awesome. And maybe, like yeah. I said, if, if we have a couple questions, if people are oh, yeah. open, we'll either send them your way or maybe in sure. six months to a year, we'd love to have you back on. Anytime. I'll be here. Susan, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thanks, Hami. 